Hey, dear listener. As you know, we share quite a lot of information on every single episode of GWP Podcast. We want to help you retain and implement the information we share with you. So we introduced the one thing. The one thing is something you can pick from every single episode to implement in your life. The one thing is designed to be simple and easy to implement. Continue to listen for the one thing on this episode. Welcome to another episode of GWP Podcast. My name is Papayao Queno. I'm your host. Today, I'm joined by Marvin Jones. Move on it, but you have to move on it. You can't just sit on information because information and education is powerful, but applying it is priceless. If you're an avid listener of this podcast, you know we had Marvin Jones not too long ago on episode six of this podcast. Title of that podcast is The Key to Using Credit to Build Wealth with Marvin Jones. And he's back again today to dive deeper into how we can use credit to build our wealth. And specifically this time, we focus on how you can use credit to grow your existing business or how you could use credit to establish your business. Let's dive into the episode. You've also recently been inducted into the Hall of Fame in your school. So GWP podcast listeners, we're talking to a Hall of Famer today. So Marvin, you you graduated from uh, Jesse Bethel High School in Vallejo, California. And along the way, you did some great things there because I think it takes a lot of hard work, dedication, and passion in order for you to be recognized, not only be recognized by your colleagues, but also be recognized on a level of Hall of Fame. And so tell us about that journey. How did you get to that point? I want to become a Hall of Famer one day. (laughs) And so I want to pick up some of the traits that you picked up along the way to be able to get to that point. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Let's see. um, Man, honestly, to be just inside that realm of people and just be considered a Hall of Famer. Um, It did come from hard work, you know, so let's start with, um, I'm a man of quotes, you know, it's not, it don't take much to get me motivated, but if I can find me a solid quote or something very motivating to get me moving, you know, it'll definitely move me. And that's what happened when I was in high school going throughout that journey there. Um, Came across several quotes, but one of the quotes was by Eddie George. Eddie George talked about uh, when his enemies sleep, um, he's out here working. And he was in the pool running, you know, from that moment there, it dinged in my head. And I started running to 24 hour fitness, started running in the pool, started just working while everybody else was asleep. And from that compound with my uncle, my uncle was a good trainer, you know, but waking up four o'clock in the morning, going over to San Ramon to go train over there. You know, it was just a lot of just dedications and giving up your time to go ahead and seek out something much bigger and greater that you're going after. You know, so um, I knew in 10th grade, I wanted to play Division One football. I couldn't tell you what, you know, clicked in my head and wanted to do it whatsoever, but uh, I knew I wanted to do it. So I went out and I told the coach uh, what my plans were. He told me to go meet my counselor. I met the counselor. From there, I went ahead and got the grades um, I needed. and also took the SATs three times, took the ACTs two times. I was constantly in the gym. I was constantly working on my craft. And with me just making myself eligible with uh, academics, 
a school popped up, Papa, like out of the blue, you know, the University of Idaho came knocking on the door, talking about they were looking for me. I'm, I didn't have no missed phone calls, <laughs> you know, but everything has just mushed together, you know, and that was from just having a um, a passion and a drive to just go after something that you couldn't physically see uh, or, or touch, but just knew that it was there and it was attainable for sure. From that journey, that was the the first catalyst to help me get into the um, Hall of Fame. And uh, I'm pretty transparent. I can say everything wasn't great in Idaho, but I can tell you that once I went to my junior college, after I left Idaho, I went to junior college in Laney in Oakland, where I dominated. You know, I never give myself credit. You know, I like boosting myself up or talking about myself, but how the defensive linemen getting 10 tackles a game, you know, for like the first like four or five games is kind of unheard of, you know, so my stats alone were, you know, there. Uh, once again, the grades were there. When this time around, I had choices and options to leave the junior college to choose which college I wanted to go to. Um, and this time around, I chose Abilene Christian University, which was a school in Texas. Uh, when they first hit the radar, it wasn't like, oh, hell yeah, now I'm going there. It was more so, let me do my homework. Let me see what's going on. And when I got there, I knew that it was the best fit for me. And uh, balling there for two years, going nine and four, 11 and no. I made the uh, all-conference team um, out there in Texas, which is a Lone Star Conference. We became uh, lead champions. We went 11-0. All those things compound together, I think, is what helped me get into the Hall of Fame. You know, it was the up journey. It was the down journey. It was the getting back journey and still becoming a champion at the end of all of it, you know, it, which is just another just testament to show the kids that there's nothing that you can't do. There's always something that you're willing to do. And if you really want it, it's there for you. Keep listening. Throughout the episode, I intend to share with you some significant tips to help you use credit safely and responsibly. Enjoy. Absolutely. And I think it speaks a lot to it's not really about how you start, but it's all about how you also finish and what you do with. It's not what happens to you, but it's how you react to what really happens to you. And on this journey of building wealth, I think this is a really, really important trait that we need to carry with us because along the way with building wealth, I don't think it's almost, think of it almost as a stock on, on, on a chart, right? It's, it's not a straight line that just goes up. Sometimes you go down and then sometimes you have a great earnings report. And so you, you spike Absolutely. up and then sometimes you don't meet your sales. And so your shareholders are not happy and, and then you tank down. And so thank you so much for sharing that. But one thing that you mentioned is a counselor that helped you along the way. A, A lot of us are young adults just getting started on our journey. We don't really know which way to go. And so usually someone comes in and helps you get to where you need to get to. If any of my listeners right now, they're trying to figure out, maybe they're an athlete and they're trying to figure out how they break out into the next stage of their career. Maybe they're just getting started on building wealth and they're trying to figure out maybe they've been at $30,000 for a a long time and they're trying to get to that $80,000, which is probably their goal. How does networking and people that come into your life help you to be able to get to the next step? And how can we nurture those relationships? Absolutely. That's a great question, Papa. You know, and everything do come down to relationships. Um, You have to find a mentor. You have to find somebody that is doing what you're doing. Um, you see what their progress is becoming, you know, and you kind of want to mimic them. You know, you can definitely go to college, but in college, the only thing is that there's nobody to mimic. 
you know, you're basically inside of a system figuring out what you want to be versus having somebody in front of you telling you this is what we're going to do. You know, so I can tell you personally throughout my financial life, I have definitely found mentors and surrounded my people that are just nothing but driven about the financial education and just getting financially free just about out of the circle. So definitely finding somebody that you trust, somebody you look up to, um, check the information out. If the information checks out because you did your own due diligence, move on it. But you have to move on it. You can't just sit on information because information and education is powerful, but applying it is priceless. That's so good because a lot of us are really good at accumulating information. And in today's world of social media, where you know, everything is so accessible. There's a lot of very good information online, especially if you're scrolling through Instagram, you would come across so much good advice and, and so much great, rich information. But then we end up with that information overload and then we don't know what's the next best, what's the next best step to take. In my personal life right now, I'm looking at, should I buy a property in California? Or should I look around the country and try to buy a low price property then so that I can invest into it and help it grow? Right. Sure. And this is something that I'm I'm dealing with because I think I have all the information that I need. I have a real estate agent in California that I, I'm already speaking to, right, in order to be able to start the process. And I'm also already seeing a lot of opportunities around the country. Right. So it's this information overload and then you get to a point where you're like all right what's the next best step and then that brings back the networking and talking to people using those relationships because now i can find someone in my network and say hey this is i have these two goals that i'm trying to reach right and sometimes when you when you have two goals that you're trying to reach one of them might be more uh, one one of them might have more weight than the other, uh-huh. but sometimes you need someone to help you think through these goals that you have in Absolutely. order to be able to narrow it down and make Man. the right decision. Man. Sometimes the the best question in this situation to ask is, what is my next best step? And once you're able to answer that question, sometimes you wouldn't be the one to be able to answer that question. You may, you may need to pick two or three brains and be able to get some insight, get some other perspectives that you're not thinking about in order to make that decision. And so thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Uh, man. I mean, just the collective mind is powerful, you know, because ultimately a lot of people have the same goals and everybody is giving you the answer, you know, but are you doing your own due diligence to solidify the answer that you got in front of you? You know, cause you do take in a lot of information strolling but do you ever take the time to actually listen to what they're saying, take a pen and paper route, write it down and actually go seeking for it to see what it's really about? Because don't just you no, know, don't take it for surface value. If you really find it intriguing and it moves your emotions, take that pen and paper route and get busy and see what happens. So another thing I want to shift into next is business. When we think about building wealth, if you looked at the wealthiest people in the world or the wealthiest people across the board, anywhere, one thing that you find in common is real estate and business. These two things are usually part of their portfolio. The reason why business, though, is one of the great wealth builders is because if I had a job, for instance, and my salary was $90,000, that's my salary. It's $90,000. I could get $10,000 in bonuses to get me to $100,000, but you're capped over there. Whereas if you started a business what you get out of the business 
usually is as a result of your efforts. And so if you start the business and maybe your first year you do 50,000, your next year you're able to do great, you're able to hire people, and now you're doing 100,000. And then the following year, maybe you don't take a salary, and so you hire another person, and so your output increases, and then that business starts to build your wealth, right? You're in a similar journey. You have a great credit repair business in Oakland, which you're very passionate about. Absolutely. And you talk about it on our first episode when oh, we yeah. recorded. Oh, yeah. And then next, you have Gregory Cornby Poppin, mm -hmm. which is another business that Absolutely. you're very passionate about. It's growing really well. You're looking to get it into some distributors across the U.S. very soon. And I'm very excited to hear that. But for my listeners that are young adults just getting started, we're trying to figure out. What kind of businesses should we start? How do we go about starting a business in the first place? You got to find something that you're passionate about. If it's t-shirts, if it's bracelets, if it's writing books, if it's writing poems, you have to understand that there's always an audience and a group of people that are looking for what you have. It's, all, it's the hard part is finding them, but once you find them, you just have to keep pleasing them over and over again. So the first steps to starting a business, of course, is making sure that you're um, structurally protected, you know, meaning that you either want to start an LLC, which is going to be your basic form of a business, or you can up it up to an S corp or C corps. Uh, we won't dive into it too much because it all just comes down to tax purposes. You know, the best part um, about business is the tax benefits. Um, business allows you to move money around and um, be accountable for what your income is and not for what the business income is. You know, so you it separates you. So you want to be, you want a business and you want to separate yourself from the business. And your best way of doing that is by getting an LLC and transforming into an S Corp or a C Corp. That way you can pay yourself a salary out of that business from whatever it makes. Um, so that, I can't tell you what to start. I can't tell you what to start, but start with building your credit because building your credit is going to be the foundation to building your business credit and everything else down the line as well. You know, I've been thinking, what are the ways to become wealthy? We're on this journey to build wealth and we want to make sure we're pursuing the right things, we're making the right decisions, and we're also pushing the right levers. There are many ways to become wealthy, but some of the most common include entrepreneurship. Starting and running a successful business is one of the best ways to build wealth. Investing. Investing wisely over time can help you grow your wealth exponentially. High paying jobs and in a high salary is another way to become wealthy. An inheritance. Inheriting wealth is the least common way to become wealthy. However, according to a study by Fidelity Investments, 51% of self-made millionaires were dreamer entrepreneurs. But here's a disclaimer. Starting a business is also a risky preposition. Our goal on today's episode is to provide you incredible tools like credit, provide you with insights on how you could use credit to build and grow your business to become a successful entrepreneur. Managing credit utilization is like playing a game of keep the balance. Imagine you're on a seesaw and on one side represents your credit limit, the maximum amount you can borrow, while the other side represents your credit card balance, 
the amount you actually owe. To win the game and keep things stable, your goal is to keep the seesaw as level as possible. If your credit limit is $1,000 and your current balance is $300, you're in good shape because the seesaw is balanced. If you start loading more weight on one side, increasing the credit card balance, the seesaw becomes unbalanced. If your balance creeps up to say 800 out of your 1000 limit, the seesaw is tilted and that's not ideal. To maintain control, try to pay down your credit card balance regularly. Imagine taking off some weight from one side of the seesaw to bring it back to the level position. By making timely payments, you can keep your credit card utilization in check and avoid tipping the seesaw too much. And I, I heard it one of these ladies that I follow on, on social media recently say, once you've decided what the purpose of your business is going to be, one thing that I like to talk about is purpose, mm -hmm. right? Because I think whatever you're doing, if you use purpose as your number one filter, most of the time you're going to make the right decision because your purpose usually wouldn't stir you wrong. Mm -hmm. If your purpose is to build wealth and you're doing things that doesn't generate wealth, then you're not on the right path, which just makes sense. But once you've figured out your purpose, the next step is don't underestimate bringing on experts that can help you set up the business correctly in the first place. Whether it's an accountant, whether it's a lawyer, try to tap into these people earlier before it gets expensive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to piggyback off that, I mean, lawyers and taxes, <laughs> those are going to be your two best friends as you grow up and trying to figure out this thing that we call life inside of America, because taxes is going to be there for you. And you can use them to your benefit. You know, taxes is not a bad thing. You know, if you make a lot of money and you want to give away a whole portion of it, you know, you are avoiding taxes to a say, but if you're giving it to a great cause that you want to, you know, deem worthy of your money, why not do that? You know, that's where you have the power to move your money around to basically meet the needs uh, that makes you happy and satisfied as a person that have just acquired all this wealth. You know, just to have somebody else take it from you and divvy it up whatever way that they want to divvy it up, uh, you don't feel that well, you know? So if you can most definitely take your money and place it in different buckets um, that make 100% at the end of the year, you know, you have the power to do that. So definitely make that your first priority versus in somebody else making the decisions with your money for you. Hey there, listener. Thanks for listening to another episode of GWP. Here are some tips for using credit safely. Number one, only use credit that you can afford to repay. Do not max out your credit cards or take out more loans than you can afford to pay back, especially for your business. So once we've, we've done those two things, right, you're already in business. Tell us about what are some of the challenges you face or what are some of the successes that you've also had, right? Because I think just like we were just saying, it's like, looking at a stock on a chart, right? <laughs> there's those up and then there's those downs. Absolutely. However, when we start something, it's kind of hard to be able to see and reap the results of the hard work that you're putting in. It might take some time before you actually start to see that what you're doing is actually working. 
you may be doing exactly what your purpose is, but it may feel like you're doing the wrong thing for a long time. And so that's the part where you don't need to give up. But you're already in business. You're already probably facing some of these challenges. You're already enjoying some of these successes. So tell us about your successes and some of the challenges that you faced along the way with your business so far. Absolutely. Let's start with, um, we're going to do Gregory Kettle Be Poppin' since that's one of my newer ventures. Um, and that's, that's going to give me more of uh, hiccups and different things. Gregory Kettle Be Poppin', I started back in August. And the first thing I do whenever I start a business is put an LLC on it. Once I have an LLC on the business, I'm going to register it with the 411 on the uh, internet as well. Once you do the 411, it's, it's a Yellow Pages. It's Yellow Pages 411, I think it is the direct website. But when you do that, you allow yourself to be broadcast out to everybody across the internet, basically saying that you're a legit business. Uh, when you do that, you want to have a brick and mortar um, set up as well, uh, which is going to be like your storefront. You don't have to actually have a storefront. You can actually rent a place. And uh, once you rent a place, you, they will give you the address and then you can receive mail and things there uh, of sort. So once you have those pieces in place, I first start with building the business credit. Once I have the business established with the uh, LLC or S Corp, C Corp, whichever one I wanted to do. Once I have it on the 411, once I have the um, 800 number, once I have my email, um, all these um, components that I'm doing is basically making me look fully legit in front of the person that's going to pull my credit profile down the line. So once you have all these things lined up, you want to go ahead and start building the business credit. You want to add on as many business lines of credit that's going to give you a 30-day net, which is a good way to start. Um, let's just put it right there. If you don't have capital and things of that nature, you want to start with just adding on um, trade lines into your company line, just like you do with your personal line. And the beauty of that is that your personal is not your business. So once again, you have two different people operating this system right now. So when you're building up your business credit, you're going to get an EIN number. Almost forgot that. You want to get an EIN number, which is going to be your tax ID number. You're going to use that on all of your uh, paperwork as you fill out your company name. Um, incorporated with that tax ID number, you can get a DUNS number. Um, once you get the DUNS number, that's like a, another social security number for your business. But Duns is actually a business that actually is a the credit bureau of business. So now they're getting direct reported back to how you out here operating with, with your business out here. Once you have your uh, ten your ten trade lines underneath your business, now you go out and go um, look for loans uh, from different banks and whatnot, and go ahead and look for capital to go ahead and expand your business for yourself. That was a lot. That was a lot. Just, just know that you want to start with the first step, which is getting the foundation, which is the LLC, S-Corp, EIN number, your um, Google um, email, and your phone number. Start with those things, and then we can pick back up. Credit is a tool we need to learn to use wisely and responsibly. When used wisely and responsibly, they can yield several advantages. How do you intend to use credit? to build your wealth. Yeah, so it, it could sound like a lot, but there's a lot of places where you can go that sort of simplify some of these things for you. Absolutely. And one of them is LegalZoom. Yes. It's, I know one of my friends have used it to start their business and yep. they, they rave about it all the time, mm -hmm. but I'm sure there's a lot more of those out there. But one thing that captures my attention with everything that you've said so far is business credit. And then you also mentioned 30 day net. Could you dive a little more into how these work as well? Absolutely. 
So a 30-day net is going to be a company that's going to give you a line of credit. So let's go ahead. If you're doing your homework, if you're doing your due diligence, if you've been strolling through Instagram, if you've been on YouTube, you're going to hear about Uline. You're going to hear about Quill. You're going to hear about Ranger. You're going to hear about um, all these different companies. And if the way that I do my research, if I'm hearing it constantly, it got to be some truth to it. You know, and if there's some truth to it, you got to act up on it. So I basically wrote down a whole list of different companies. Um, and then I went ahead and uh, applied for it and you're going to be approved. And what you do is you go ahead and order something from them and you have 30 days to pay it back. So for example, I think it was, uh, let's go with uh, Uline. I ordered, um, some house, some household appliances, uh, either some toilet paper, some napkins, some hand wipes, some, um, some different things of that nature. They sent it to me without me having to pay for anything. So they ship it to you on credit straight to your house and you get an invoice. Um, they treat you like a business. You know, I gave you some products. Here goes your receipt. Here goes your invoice to pay me back. So you do that 10 times with different companies. So you're going to go ahead and receive some products from them and you're going to pay it off. Um, and that's going to build up your business credit. If you ever need anything uh, for the household, you can always just get it fronted to you. <laughs> uh, once you get it, the product, you just pay off the note again. So by doing that, you show that you're trustworthy and you build up your business credit, just like you do on your personal side. And we're building this business credit with our business bank account, right? Not with our personal bank account. Definitely want to separate it. When you have your, your money separated, you can see the growth that's taking place inside of your own, inside your own company. When you have the money merged together, you get kind of confused on what's what and what's this, you know, have your books correct and organized. That way, you know what the business is making and what your personal money is. Uh, definitely separate those right off back. And when you get business uh, bank accounts, go to credit unions. Lovely. Is there a reason why we should go to credit unions if we get business bank accounts? They're usually going to give you a large amount of money with low interest rates. I'm taking note of that. I'm going to make a stop at the credit union very soon. <laughs> oh, man. Marvin Jones, that's, that's great. Speaking of business credit, you're a business owner of a credit repair company. Can you tell us uh, what's the name of that business? That's Altruistic Financial. Altruistic was a word that my wife came up with because we sitting here trying to figure out how can we say help without saying help, you know, and altruistic means to help, you know, without wanting or nothing in receiving, which is, it could be an oxymoron, but the information that you get from Altruistic Financial is way more than what you pay. You know, because we generally want you to succeed in this thing that we call life and this thing that we, that's a game, you know. And once you're equipped with the uh, the rules of this game that we're playing, it's it's abundance out here for you. You know, They're, you're going to receive a lot more um, than what you think that you pay up front for sure. So they're most definitely altruistic financial. You know, we're here to, to love you and show you great care on what you can definitely accomplish in life for sure. Specifically with your credit. Specifically with your credit. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. How does personal credit and business credit relate? If I have, if I've had a bad start with credit, you know, my financial, my personal finance game is not as strong. And so maybe I don't have really good credit, but now I've realized I'm listening to this podcast and Papa is saying, look, one of the best ways to build wealth is to start a business. So now I want to start a business. And once I start a business, I'm going to need a business credit, but I've had a bad start. You know, when I started, I didn't take care of my credit, but now I want to repair that. Or now I, I still want to be able to get business credit. How can I go about this? The EIN number I mentioned earlier, that's your new social security number. Uh, meaning that that has nothing to do with you directly. 
that has everything to do with your business. So if you add on those 10 trade lines onto your business, that is the business profile. Once again, it has nothing to do with you. So when you go apply for something, you're going to use your EIN number, not your social. So therefore, they're not going to pull your personal um, profile at all. They'll be pulling the business profile. Now, how do you support the business? I'm going to teach you some tricks real quick. Okay. So take your pen and paper out again. Okay. So this is how the tricks work. I got my pen right here. So this is how the tricks work right here. It doesn't matter how much money you put into your account, nor how much money comes out of your account. What you want to do is make sure enough money goes into the account per se. If you can put $10,000 into your bank account. Now, I know that you're just starting off. How do you put $10,000 into your account when you have very little money? You start with a thousand bucks. Put it in 10 times, take it out 10 times. And we're talking about the business account. Business account. Go to your business account. You deposit a thousand bucks, pull a thousand bucks out. You do that 10 times. It's going to register on your bank statement that you deposited $10,000 into your account. Just because you spent it doesn't matter because it's a business. You're looking to spend your money. Do that for a running three months. And there's systems out there that's called Plaid that would do a bank check on you to see how much money is coming into your bank account and whatnot. And that's how they will approve you with having bad credit. So now you basically just use the system to basically register how much money you wanted to, wanted to show that you're making. And then they're going to use their system to run your bank account to see how much money is coming into your bank account. So now you just played the game and displayed that you're making $10,000 a month for running three months right there. So now that's how you get approved with having bad credit on a personal side. Hey, dear listener, here is tip number two. Keep your credit utilization low. Your credit utilization is the percentage of your available credit that you're using. Aim to keep your credit utilization below 30%. Wow. Problem solved. <laughs> See, you, you listen to GWP podcast and you didn't have to go to altruistic <laughs> financials. However, however, in order to get that proper service, because I bet you there's more that Marvin can teach you when you meet him. And I would provide in Marvin's information so you can reach out and learn more and also get the help that you need with your credit, especially if you've had a bad start. Absolutely. But thanks for sharing that. That's really helpful. Absolutely. No, most definitely. Uh, it's, it's, we're playing a game. Keep that in mind. We're playing a game and nobody has the rules laid out to them. And when you sit here and listen to myself and Papa talk about finance, you have two individuals that are genuinely wanting you to succeed in life and move forward in a better manner than anybody else that's starting off. So uh, most definitely pen and paper uh, and take your notes. Sometimes when you start a business, we've already talked about purpose. And one of the things that a lot of us may not be aware of is the fact that you're starting the business doesn't mean you have to stay with the business forever. Absolutely. So similar to investing, one of my friends was asking me the other day, you know, how do you figure out what companies to buy, when to buy them? And what I told them was the rule of thumb is you should know when you're going to exit that investment before you even get into that investment. Similarly, when you're starting a business, I think starting it is very exciting mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard to think about the exit of the business, mm -hmm. but you should 
have your exit in mind when you're starting the business. Absolutely. Could you talk about how you think about that process? Absolutely. Let's start with uh, Altruistic Financial. With that business there, everything is going to be basically self-automated, which is going to allow me to have more hands-off. Um, same service, same quality, just me being able to pull myself back um, from, from the system. Uh, any business that you start, you want it to be a system where you can disengage yourself from the actual work um, at any means. Uh, you can use your time doing other other adventures or just making more money, doing different things and investments. But basically, like the exit move for Alter Financial is going to be to have a self-automated system with VAs basically answering all phones and doing all paperwork and me just basically being a supervisor up over the company. It's something that can be handed down. So I'm not into selling companies. I'm into buying companies. You know, I'm not into selling houses. I'm into buying houses. You know, so if I can most definitely hold on to a company that is thriving, I'd rather receive the uh, residuals every single month and just let it just keep pouring in. And that goes with purpose right there, right? Because if your purpose is to continue to grow your wealth and you feel as though, because there are people that start businesses, flip the business, which means you get the business to be profitable mm -hmm. and the business can get acquired. You can sell the business to someone else and so on. And then you can move on. And usually these people don't just move on and move to the Bahamas and just kick their feet up, no. right? Because if you understand how building wealth works, you need to keep going. And so what ends up happening, you use someone like Elon Musk, for example, right? Elon, one of his first companies was PayPal, right? And then even prior to PayPal, he had another company, which he cashed out, invested in into PayPal, cashed out PayPal, invested in into so, Tesla, yeah. cashed out Tesla, invested in into SpaceX, cashed out SpaceX, invested in into Neuralink. <laughs> and so you see what's going on there, right? It's, it's a cycle. It's a growth. Let's talk about Mark Cuban, right? Mark Cuban yeah. started his first company, cashed out. Mm -hmm. Yahoo bought that company. You know, he cashed out from there, Dallas Mavericks, and now... That's, keeps growing. He, he keeps growing that wealth. Absolutely. And so something to really think about there, because sometimes, you know, for example, when you think of right now, AI is such an important part of our lives, right? Or you can even think of virtual reality, for instance, with Facebook. So Facebook decided to go into uh, the virtual reality space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Facebook now has these Oculus. Facebook didn't manufacture the Oculus. They no. didn't actually go into the factory and design and come up with that. Mm -hmm. Somebody else designed it. Facebook figured, oh my God, what we're doing, we're actually going to need this. Yeah. They acquired it. Cashed them out. They cashed them out. That cashed person out. cashed out and then moved on. Absolutely. Right? What I'm trying to say is you could create value for someone else. True. You could solve somebody else's problem in the course of your purpose. Maybe your purpose was to help people repair credit. But then now Bank of America could say, you know what? We kind of want to get into this business and start helping our customers to repair credit. Who's out there that's already doing this at a high level? Because the reason why businesses acquire other businesses, number one, is speed to market. If Bank of America wanted to help people repair credit, instead of Bank of America starting a whole new company that helps people repair their credit, Bank of America can say, you know what, Marvin? 
You've already been in this business. You already have 60,000 customers. Instead of us going out there to look for these 60,000 customers, we're going to acquire your business, acquire your customers, acquire your processes. We already have the resources. We can scale this up to 500,000 customers. You already have 60. That's great. You already have a system in place. That's great. They capture that and then they scale it up for you. And so that's something to think about. You might be thinking you have to come up with the best idea. You, you, you have to come up with the most innovative idea. No, sometimes you can look at businesses that already exist and try to see how you can help them to scale their business to get to the next level. Absolutely. Yeah, you have my mind like popping off right there because the banks turn down the most people because of credit. So if you did have a partnership like that, you have a pipeline of people coming to you to repair their credit over and over again. You know, and that could be an internal business or something that they do offer because bank, banks thrive when they lend out money. So if you can capture more people um, versus turning them away, the bank can only thrive because they lend out more money. Absolutely. And that goes to the next thing, which is partnerships, right? And so when you start that business, because starting businesses is so hard, you know, the cost to capture just one customer could be so high. And so usually you want to keep your customers once you acquire those customers. And banks like to do that. Banks didn't create Zelle. No. Bank of America could have created their own Zelle and then Wells Fargo would have created oh, their own Zelle and yeah, so on. Yeah. But they realized, no, this, this is great. We can, we can partner up, not lose customers mm-hmm. because let's say if Zelle was so seamless and created its own bank, I could say, you know what? Wells Fargo doesn't work for me no more. I'm just going to go to Zelle and start using Zelle. And so instead of doing that, the banks would say no. Or the businesses would say, no, let's create a symbiotic partnership here. You know, you eat, I eat. And that's what goes on. A lot of that happens in our pharmaceutical industry, right? Doctors and the drug manufacturers, they feed both hands, right? The doctor knows, you know, in order for me to keep going, I'm going to need to write you a prescription. Absolutely. And who is producing that prescription that he's writing you, the pharmaceutical company? And so these partnerships, sometimes we don't realize, but if you take a step back, you see there's these partnerships that exist oh, yeah. and we can take a lot of advantage from them. I say all this to say, when you're thinking of starting your business, think of how you can partner up to be able to scale that business. Because sometimes partnerships is you're just one partnership away from getting to where you wanted to get to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like um, I piggyback off that with... Uh... I have a, a buddy, one of my brothers, I own a company and his, he has an exit number, you know, his exit number is like 10 million, you know, and he said that if he gets somebody to buy him out, you know, for 10 million, they can have the company and then he'll go basically probably start another one, you know, because now uh, he basically acquired customers for their base and they found that it was worthy for them to cash them out. So, hey, his walk, his, his walk away number is 10 million. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and There's nothing wrong with walking away from the business. As I've already given you several examples, it's all about your purpose. Yes. You know, and sometimes you have a grand purpose, but in order to get to that grand purpose, you might have to start with some very smaller purposes, right? Absolutely. Whether it's maybe you want to be the first billionaire in your family, Mm -hmm. but you could start with another purpose. Like I want to help people repair their credit. You know, and you could you could even scale it a little down and say, I want to help everyone in Oakland repair their credit. There we go. Because 
sometimes when we're starting businesses, one thing that we we sort of think about is, oh my God, uh, you know, there's so much competition out there. How am I going to fit in? How am I going to make money? And so on. Competition is always going to be there. Oh yeah. But also remember, people's needs is also always going to be there. And I was telling a friend this the other day. Let's say you start a bottle, a bottle drink company. And when you were starting the company, your idea was, you know, I'm starting this bottle drink company so that when people buy food, they buy my drink and they can enjoy it with their food. Now I come in and I say, wow, I like this drink. I try it the first time, it makes me fall asleep. Try it the next time, it makes me fall asleep. The next thing you know, I buy this drink and I have it every time before I go to sleep. You, as the business owner or the founder of the business, you develop this drink so that people can have it when they go to buy their food. I come in and I realize, no, this actually helps me to go to sleep. And so that's why I'm buying it. You could be serving different purposes that you might not have even intended to be able to, you know, help people in unintended ways, right? And so similarly, George Kettle be popping, you know, you might have started that business in order to just build wealth in general and also give people a different type of, you know, taste when it comes to popcorn or just an innovative way, you know, to be able to enjoy something that everyone loves. Absolutely. Other people might come in and say, you know what? I really love this and I love to have it before I go to sleep. And it could start serving a different purpose. And so when you think of competition, also think of those unintended purposes that you could be serving that you may not have written out when you were writing your business plan. According to a study from Fidelity Investments, 51% of self-made millionaires were entrepreneurs. But starting a business is not that easy. It usually requires huge startup costs and upfront capital, but credit can be used to solve that problem. But what is business credit and how is business credit different from personal credit? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, competition is good. You know, don't, don't ever um, be scared away from competition. When I play sports, we talked about sports earlier. I was pretty good. You know, let's talk about when I went to Abilene Christian University, they had a starting defensive nose tackle. My job and my sole job was to take his job. Somebody's going to be without work and it wasn't going to be me. You know, so with that competition, he put forth a good fight, but I started both years I was there, you know, and that was for whomever else came after me as well. You know, if you came and you were good and you did well, I'm going to do great. You know, you're going to push me to be better. You know, you never walk into the store and just see one bread and one brand. You see a lot of different breads and different brands. You don't walk in the store and see just Doritos. You see Fritos, you know, so there's most definitely going to always be competition. But people buy people, you know, so when you start in your brand, you know, have your mission statement on something that you stand on. You know, if it's prideful, you know, because people will buy you quicker than they'll buy your product, you know, so make sure that you out here doing good. And, you know, presenting yourself in a good manner and people will buy you before they buy your product. I love that. And speaking of brands, building a brand, that's been something that's captured my imagination lately. How do you go about building a brand? A lot of marketing, a lot of marketing. And it's something that you got to stand on. 
I'm going to use, I like using analogies. Once again, it's all about quotes with me, you know, um, Michael Jordan, you would never see Michael Jordan wearing Adidas. You never see Michael Jordan wearing a FUBU. You would never see him wearing any other brand, but his brand, because he stands on that. This is his brand. This is my stuff, you know? And if once again, co- competition, if you can make a nice t-shirt, so can I, if you can make a nice jacket, so can I. You know, so don't ever get discouraged from the competition because you have to just stand on what you believe and go forth forth with it. I love that. When you're growing your business, okay, and if you're just now starting off, look into marketing. There is no business if there's nobody walking through the doors. So if you can emphasize your marketing and learn how to get people to come view you since we're in a viewing stage, if you can learn how to get people to come view your page, come look at what you have, get in front of people, capture audience, and learn that skill and art, no matter what business you have, because now you have a skill of finding people that's looking for what you want. You know, so if you want to reverse engineer the whole business thing, learn how to market. Once you learn how to market, you can go ahead and go ahead and shoot fish in a bucket with any business that you come up with. And marketing is is not easy. It's actually very difficult, right? And so, yeah, once you started the business, first step, You've gotten the business started. I think the next step is actually getting the business in front of as many people as possible. Absolutely. And that's where marketing comes in. But it's also expensive to be able to do that marketing. And coming back to credit, which is our focus today, (laughs) how does credit help you to be able to run the day-to-day of your business? Absolutely. So... Let's go back to the scenario that you went ahead and put the 10000 into your bank account. You went ahead and built up all your business credit um, the way that I displayed to you earlier. Uh, now you can go ahead and um, ask for credit cards because now you have been approved uh, through or once you have all those things in place, now you go ask for credit cards through the business. Don't use your personal. Put your business on there. They're going to run the plat um, check to check your account, and then they're going to approve you for a credit card. Now, once you get the $10,000 credit card, the $5,000 credit card, you have to be a good steward of your money. You have to go here and delegate where you you want to spend this money at so that way you can see a return on your investment. Um, So with marketing, if you're starting off and you got a $5,000 credit card and you create, create several pieces of content first, release the content naturally, organically, see which one get the biggest buzz, And then go ahead and do a drip system is what I call, which is if you can do five bucks a day for a whole month, you do five bucks a day for a whole month. Um, That way you can see exactly um, what's coming to you. And after, if you do it for two weeks, you can see where your audience is. Then you can redirect the rest of the money to go directly to who actually been coming to your page. So you borrow the money. Once you borrow the money, you did some organic content. After you did the organic content, you seen which one was actually um, getting the biggest buzz. Then you put money behind it. Once you put money behind it for two weeks, check the audience of where everybody is coming from. And then you want to narrow your audience down to just those people. Wow, that's amazing. And that's, that's a great way to start. It's, you know, you're starting at a very small scale. Like I said, marketing is very expensive. And so you want to be very strategic. You don't want to just put money anywhere when you're doing that marketing. You want to make sure that you're getting a high ROI, which is your return on investment when you're looking at that marketing. So that's, that's really crucial. Another thing I want to shift into is family. 
with Gregory Korn be popping, your family is highly involved in this business, right? And I think when I listen to your story, one thing that I realize is your desire to build a strong foundation for your kids, especially when it comes to business. How important is it for kids or how important is it for us to get our kids involved in learning the business from the ground up at a, such Perfect an early age? Right there, Papa. And that all stems from the lack of education, of finance, of growing up. Well, I wouldn't say it's taboo, but if your parents are ignorant, if your grandmother is ignorant, if uh, anybody that you're living with is ignorant, not in a mean way or a malicious way, but just in a way of just unknowing and don't know. You know, I never faulted my parents for not knowing things. They didn't know. So if they didn't know, they couldn't teach me. So that's what put me on like a whole tantrum of just learning and finding out the information. Uh, <laughs> pull, you, pull out that GKB popping. Yes, sir. GKB popping. That Gregory Kettle be popping. Um, GKB popping. Yes, sir. We got it right here. Right. Yes, sir. We're going to enjoy some. Nice and fresh. Nice and fresh. Freshly cooked. Mm. Thank you, Marion, for this gift. I really appreciate it. Hey, absolutely. Anytime. Um, but let's go back. Um, I was talking about family. Just talking about starting it off. Um, it's a lack of it's a lack of information that is missing out of a lot of households. And the people around you sometimes cannot give you the information that you're seeking or looking for. So that's where that mentor came into place at. Finding somebody that is doing what you're looking to do, grasping their information and applying their information is the foundation to growing. So since that is the foundation of growing, I want to make sure I give my kids the utmost um, education that I can when it comes to finance, business, um, and anything when it comes to the business world, because life itself is business. Um, there's nothing that you're going to leave out of the house and not deal with business um, on the aspect. Um, you go to school, school is a business. The schools get paid for you going to school, you know, so everything's a business. So why not me teach you the number one thing that's going to be going on around you inside your day-to-day life at all? So due to me growing up, not knowing Certain thing, uh, certain things about business and business credit. Uh, that's the number one foundation that I would give my kid right off back. You know, playing sports is fun. You know, playing basketball is fun. Playing baseball is fun. All that's business. You know, so if I taught him business first, he'll know how to go about his craft in a much better way and manage it much in a much different way. You know, because at the end of the day, somebody's gonna be writing a check, and you have the you have the platform and luxury of writing your own check if you know your own worth. You know, so you have to know business in order to do that. Hey, dear listener, here is the final tip to use credit wisely and responsibly. Check your credit report regularly. This will help you catch any errors and dispute them if necessary. Now, back to the episode with Marvin Jones. You're learning it at a very early age, which can compound tremendously, right? (laughs) And then you never know where you can go with that. But when I think of our community, which is the Black community, education sometimes gets sacrificed, right? Because whether it's the cost of education, whether it's the opportunity cost, and when I say opportunity cost, what I mean is your parents could think it's actually better for you to go get a job 
and contribute to the household, then actually you get in that education. And so that's that opportunity cost that I'm talking about. But you, on the other hand, you're saying, no, let's educate these kids early. Let's teach them about business because once they're able to understand the mechanisms of business early, what they can do with that along the way or at a later time, tremendous. And so great job with that. I, I, I really love that. And so I think a lot of my listeners are young adults. Some of them may not even have any kids, but some of them are just getting started. One of my very close friends just had his first daughter very recently. And so, yeah. uh, And so, you know, it's, it's interesting that we talk about these things and start to put it into perspective because we're not going to be young forever. These are decisions that we're going to have to make along the way as we get older, myself included. I'm going to be starting my family very soon. And so when I ask these questions, you know, I take it as advice because it helps to have this information before you get there. Sure. You don't want to be looking for the information when you're already in the situation. Sure. It, it, it could really help you to make the right decisions when you've already thought about it before you get there. Then you want to think about it when you get there. And so thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it goes back to iron sharpen iron, you know, uh, never judge a person that's telling the story. Take the information that's useful. If, if nothing applies to you, let it go. You know, that way you can always take in just great information from just different people of all walks of life. Because uh, you never want to judge nobody because you never know who's who and who can uh, actually bridge a gap for you. You know, so you always greet people, you know, with open arms, you know, show respect, you know, give love if love is given. And uh, many things and great things can happen for you. Marvin Jones, man. Papa, man, Papa. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, one thing that I like to ask every single guest that comes on this podcast, I asked you the last time when you were on the podcast, but I'm going to ask you again, what is your definition of wealth? It's, um, it's going to be being able to just have my time, you know, delegate my time in a manner that I choose to delegate my time. Um, so wealth for me, meaning that I have enough funds and uh, money flowing around for me to take my family out. Um, go on vacations, uh, take a day off, uh, just relax and just sit down and don't worry about the uh, common things such as, you know, paying our bills and this needs to be paid, that needs to be paid. It's I'm in a constant flow of money flowing to me and uh, money's going out, money's coming in, but there's no worries whatsoever. Uh, and then to elaborate on that, um, we're going to say wealth is making smart decisions with your money when you have it, because it's not always about having an abundant amount up front. It's about being a stewardess of what you do have at the moment. Because if you can make great things happen with what you do have right now, you're going to make amazing things happen when you get the abundant amount of money. Wow. Man, Marvin Jones, always wise, always with a lot of insight. It's been a great conversation, Marvin. Thank you so much for stopping by and sharing your time, your knowledge, and your wisdom with us today. It's been such an honor to talk to you, and it's always great to talk to you. Congratulations on being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's huge. I can't believe I'm speaking to a Hall of Famer right now. And so you can you can see my stock is definitely going going up. So yeah, 
Um, this has been this has been such a great conversation. Marvin Jones, thank you so much again. Hey, thank you for having me, Pop. I really appreciate you calling me again. Thank you. Of course. Any final words for my listeners before we close this out? There's nothing that you can't do. There's only thing that you want to do. And once you decide that you want to do something, you go for it. And you let everybody else go to your wayside. There might be a distraction for you. You have a good time. And that's that. Thank you, Marvin Jones. And now the one thing. What is your exit strategy? Imagine you started a business today. What is your exit strategy? Do you intend to take the company public? Do you intend to sell the business? Do you intend to make it profitable for a certain amount of years and finally close the business down? What is your exit strategy? The same analogy can be applied if you're in a university or you're just starting your journey as an employee. What is your exit strategy? I think you should always have an exit strategy with everything that you do. To recap on this episode with Marvin Jones today, we talked about his amazing journey to becoming a Hall of Famer. Next, we talked about attaining and maintaining that business credit. We explored some loopholes and some creative ways to build and maintain that business credit. We also talked about some of Marvin's ventures, including Altruistic Financial, where he focuses on helping people build and repair their credit, and GKB Poppin, his newest venture. Finally, we talked about some exit strategies to consider for your business when you start it and grow it. And finally, we wrapped up the episode with some amazing insight from Marvin on how he involves his family and his young children with his business, a great way to get them started early. As always, thanks for listening to this episode of GWP Podcast. Be sure to leave us that review. Peace.